Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. dealt with my heart this week about sharing just one simple truth. I understand that most churches have worked for months looking forward to this day and there's grand pageants and plays and musicals and that's fine. I don't have an issue with that. But I think that sometimes God can be lost simple truth can be lost in all of that. How many knows God has a sense of humor? So he's been dealing with my heart about sharing with you a simple truth and I spent a considerable amount of time praying over not only the the, the songs that we go and use in worship but the videos that we show and in the different things and and we have, we we have a service that we use that allows me or anybody who's who's signed in to change that either from your iPad or your iPhone or your computer at the house and and then when we get here on Sunday morning we just press a button that says sync and it it refreshes it all and uh, so I spent a considerable amount of time yesterday, which is typical, getting that set up. And, and got here this morning, a few minutes later than usual, and pressed the sync button, and it didn't sync. It wouldn't pull up anything, no video, no, no nothing. And, and so in, engaged Ira and typically help but we, we couldn't find what was wrong it just so you know you reboot you reinstall you sync sync and quickly went onto their page and find out that there were hundreds of churches having the very same trouble and the panic that was ensuing people saying our whole Christmas program is on that and it's not working and And just, you know, you've got to be kidding me. Service starts in 12 minutes. I've got 3,000 people, and I've got nothing to put on the screen. And, and I thought, you are so funny, God, because you've been dealing with my heart about, and even I'm, I'm, and I'm not going to go there, God. You know what? I told the leadership team, I said, this caught us by surprise. It didn't catch him by surprise. And so, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I didn't know what we were going to do. Thank you for the last moment. Whatever was wrong has now been married right. But I think if we're not careful, I think we've gotten to the place where we have become so far removed of the reality that we forget the simple truth found in Luke chapter 2, verse 11. It simply says this. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Would you stretch your hands this way and pray with me and for me? Father, 
the next few minutes, I, I just want to endeavor to unload my heart with what I believe you have loaded it with. Holy Spirit, you're, you're the real teacher, the real preacher here. Would you speak to us as individuals the truth that you would have us to, 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 to become familiar with this morning? Father, I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd put my title screen up there, it simply says, none of this matters. Sounds like a depressing pre-Christmas message, but it isn't. I'm one of these who, I like the lights. There's a thing down in West Virginia, I think it's in Wheeling, West Virginia, called Ogle Bay. Ogilby and anybody been there? I was going to live vicariously through your experience, but none of you have been there. It's on TV and they got a lot of lights and I want to go. I just I'm still a kid at heart. I like the I like the lights. I don't worship the Christmas tree. We usually have a Christmas tree in our house, not because we're going to get down and pray to it. Just because where else are the lights going to be if there's no tree? You see what I'm saying? I I I like the 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 sense of the season, if you will. I like that we take time to let each other know that we love each other and and, and desire to give. I think giving is something we should be doing all the time. I like the manger scenes. I don't like that we Christians get caught up with Starbucks and the red cups. But none of this stuff really matters. Gail Beth, I think it was yesterday she said, I, I don't think we have ever been less ready for Christmas. We had uh, been saving up for quite a while to buy some carpet in our home. Our home is a 1950s era home. And the carpet was put in shortly after that, I think. So it needed some help. It desperately needed some help. And we finally had saved up enough money to get new carpet put in. And so we paid for it a while ago. And they said they would call when it was in and schedule delivery. And they called and said it's coming in on the 20th, Thursday. So there goes every, all, all, everything's got to be out of the, every room, every piece of furniture, everything in every room. And we're doing every room in our house except one, well, two, the bathroom and the kitchen, okay? But every room in our house is going to be carpeted. And so literally everything in the whole house had to be stuffed into the kitchen on the day before they came. Kind of ruined any decoration plans or setting up trees. And, and I couldn't resist. They said they would text us or call on Thursday morning and give us an exact time. But they would be there sometime Thursday. And I couldn't resist. She and I were having our morning coffee. And I pretended like I got a text. And I said, they're not coming till next Thursday now. That didn't go over good with her. I mean, literally the whole house is, we're sitting there and it's, 
we got a trail going through the kitchen. I made sure you could get to the refrigerator and the coffee machine, and that was it. You need anything besides those two, you're out of luck, okay? And it was going to stay that way, and, and, they, and they came on Thursday and got it done, and we're trying to put our house back together between everything else we got going on. and So we don't even have a Christmas candle out yet. And the Christmas, we don't even, I don't know. Anyhow, I don't know if we've ever been less prepared for Christmas. But none of that really matters. For, for years now, I, I have felt drawn to preach on the same thing, or the, start from the same text, found as Isaiah. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And we, we want to argue that Christmas is all about Christ, and I want to keep Christ in Christmas, but, but we forget that Christmas from the point, vantage point of God was not all about Christ. It was all about you. It was God seeing a need that we had and remedying that. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, son is given I've shared in the past the, the tragic struggle I had as a, as a young man my dad was as broken as any of us can be and, and so he passed that brokenness along and even when I got saved I, I struggled connecting with Father God can anybody relate because Father brought up bad image for me. And whenever I would, I would think or hear about Father God, even as a believer, this bad image popped up, and, and I struggled to get past that. I, I could relate to Jesus just fine. I got four brothers and one sister, and... You know what it's like as boys, five of us boys, you know, we, you know, if you have a common enemy, then you, you, there's some bonds that are drawn. Our common enemy was our dad. And, and so Jesus and I could get along great. I could relate to him. But even though I'm, 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 I'm married and, and we're called to the ministry, we're preparing to go into pastoring, Every time I heard John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, I got angry at that. I said, yeah, he gave his son. He's, he's too fat and lazy to do it himself. That was the honest feeling in my heart. Until one day, through my wife, God blessed me with a son. And that changes everything. One day, which is not typically my habit, but he needed fed in the middle of the night, and Gail Beth was wore out, so I, I volunteered to get up, and I 
got his milk warm and I sat down in his room in a rocking chair and there was enough moonlight coming in through the window that I could, I could, I could see and I, I sat in that rocking chair and I held the bottle to his mouth and I just loved on him. I, I think he was maybe a month old. And, and as I held the bottle, his little finger, his little hand came up and wrapped itself around my pinky finger and I'm looking at how small and tiny his fingers were and, and his beautiful little face. How many parents know what I'm talking about? I don't mean to drone on, but you, you get it. And I'm, I'm holding him, and Father God speaks to me. He said, if there was an angry crowd at your door who needed someone in this house to die for their failures, could you send him out? There's no way. I couldn't send him out. I couldn't send Gail Beth out. The easiest thing for me to do would be to go to myself. The hardest thing would be to send one of them. I started crying. I said, no, God, I, there's no way. There's no way I could send my son out. He said, I did. I asked him to forgive me. I didn't understand. I didn't understand what, what a price that was. I didn't understand how hard that would be. By comparison, it would be easy for me to go out than to send my son. And I said, God, I'm sorry. I didn't understand. I've not, I've not been fair to you. I've not been, please forgive me. I didn't know. And in a way that only God can. And don't you ever, you will never convince me he doesn't have a sense of humor. He said, and another thing, I'd appreciate if you'd quit calling me fat and lazy. Bible says that even before the foundations of this world were laid, Jesus was the lamb chosen by God. The lamb slain before the foundations of the world. Before the problem existed, God had an answer. fella and his wife are struggling financially and working for a company that's known to be stingy and yet their need is so great and one day she she says honey I I really want you to prayerfully consider asking for a raise we just can't get by on this he puts it off and puts it off and finally one morning he said as he left for work he said I'm gonna I'm gonna ask today I'm going to ask today. And he went to his boss and he asked for a raise. And the boss gave him a bigger raise than he even asked for. He, he couldn't wait to, to get home and share with his wife the good news. And, and he walked in the door and, and there was a table. I mean, it was just spread. Everything was beautiful. She had a tablecloth out. She had candles burning. And she had all this food made and the the best shine out and 
in his words, he felt like maybe somehow she knew. Maybe the boss called. Maybe he felt like the wind had been taken out of the sails. And she kissed him, greeted him, and he sat down, and there was a card at his place. And he opened it up, and she, she said in the card how proud she was of him what a great provider he was and how much she loved him. And he says, honey, this means a lot, but I, I was hoping to surprise you. And she said, surprise you with what? He says, about the raise. She said, this isn't about the raise. This is about you. Did you get the raise? He said, you didn't do all this because you heard that I got the raise? She said, no, I did all this because I love you. I don't care whether you got the raise or not. I love you. And that, that's, the, that's the crazy thing about the love of God is, for God so loved the whole world, everybody, everybody, Those people that are good people, those people that are not so good people. Those people that will come to know him as their Lord and Savior, and those people that will die cursing him. He loved all of them. He loved the whole world. Everybody you have ever met, he loved them. Everybody you will ever meet, he loved them. Everybody you read about in books, you see on the news. He loved them. So he gave. But morality, none of that matters. It doesn't. Before the foundations of the world were laid, Jesus was the chosen Lamb of God. The prophets of old prophesied. Jesus, in one form or fashion, can be found in every book of the Bible. He's this and he's that. It was prophesied that he would come. Isaiah saw it clearly. David seemed like he had a New Testament relationship with a Jesus who had not yet even been born. Listen to me for a moment. None of that matters. In Luke chapter 2, one of the most beautiful stories ever written is told. And if you read through it too fast, you miss all the beautiful details. There's an old lady by the name of Elizabeth. She's past her childbearing years. Her and Zacchaeus, her husband, had wanted children, and for whatever reason, they were never going to have any children. So they thought, and they got old. I mean, we're talking old. Old like, well, I won't say, but old. Old. They're, they're in the waning years of their life, and the angel Gabriel comes to her and tells her that she's going to be with child. 
She's old, people. She's like nursing home old. She's old. She's even older than this grandpa man right up here. <laughs> Newly minted grandpa man. She's old. And, and she's going to be with child. And, and she, she knows because an angel has told her that this child is, is going to be special. And six months later, that same angel shows up at Mary's house and says, listen, you're going to have a child. And your relative Elizabeth, the old lady, (laughs) she's with child right now. Mary gets up, and the first thing she wants to do is go see Elizabeth. She wants to go see her because, man, she needs something. She's a young girl who's not yet married, and, and now she's pregnant. And there's some ramifications, and there's maybe only one person in this whole world that understands her plight. And, and so she goes to Elizabeth, and, and the Bible says that when Mary got close... The baby inside of her moved when it heard her voice. And Elizabeth knew what was going on, and she said, Blessed art thou amongst women. And who am I that my Lord's mother would visit me? You know, what, you know what's crazy about that whole thing? The two people, the first two people to recognize Jesus coming is somebody old and somebody yet unborn. We're living in a society that has decreased the value of both of those age groups. We don't respect the elderly anymore, and we abort the unborn as if they're a massive tissue. But the first person on this planet to recognize Jesus Christ was coming was an unborn child. Do you know what? None of that really matters. It doesn't really matter because not only do we get caught up in all the Christmas plays and all the stuff... Even if it's religious stuff, we get caught up in all of that and we miss the whole point of the story. The point of the story is for unto you. We, we, we live in a time like never before where, where we, we've got to the place in the church in America across, across the land where we, 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 those anointed ones, people will gather by the thousands, people who have no relationship with God whatsoever, and feed off the overflow of somebody else's walk with God. 
my wife and I lived in a small town, and there was a coffee shop in the small town, and there was a waitress there, and, and we, we could tell, we, we thought by her life, you know, her, her constantly sharing with us that she desperately needed God. She was constantly hung over and sleeping with this guy and that guy, and she had no problem telling you. She's, un, she's unmarried, and she had children, and, and, you know, how hard it was to find a babysitter at the last minute when she decides to take a guy to bed with her, and it was just... And so we're, we're engaging her to try to win her to the Lord, to have an impact on her life. And it got to be at near Christmas time that we're getting ready to invite her to church. And lo and behold, she invites us to her church. And we were a little surprised. We said, we, I'm sorry, we didn't know you went to church. And she said, well, yeah, every Sunday, every Sunday I teach Sunday school. I'm not being judgmental. You're not hearing judgment out of this. Please, you're not hearing judgment. But we need to be caught with this awareness that something's wrong, that that's the level of Christianity in some places. That church had thousands every Sunday, many of them probably just like her, who... who feel something when they go to church and that something feeds them till next service anybody getting this I've shared with you that the, the lady who was deeply involved with the call the, on, on, on a couple occasions she came to where I was ministering and, and she'd sit in the back and I finally had a chance to engage her because normally she would leave as soon as altar service time came and and this time she stayed, and I was able to talk to her for a few moments. And, 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 and she, you know, she, she pointed her finger at me. She said, I just want to tell you something. I don't believe a word you say when you preach. That surprised me. I said, then why do you come? She choked up, and she said, I feel something here. I don't feel anywhere else in my life. And that, that can be a good thing, church. But it becomes a bad thing when that's all you got. It's somebody else's overflow. Because in reality, when we get to heaven, he's not going to ask us what church we were a part of. Who was your pastor? How many certificates do you have on the wall of, of courses you took? How many books in your library? Who did you hang with? What did you do? Master, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not heal in your name? Did we not do many wonderful works in your name? And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. Church, none of this stuff about Christmas matters until and unless unto you is born a Savior. It has to be personal with you. It has to be you and him. Let every man, let every woman, let every boy and girl work out their own salvation. And so I ask you this morning, whether you've never given your heart to God or you claim to, is it an everyday relationship 
Or is it something you pull out and do on Sunday? On Monday, you're somebody else. I love you enough as pastor and preacher. I, I thank God he delivered me years ago where, I, you know, it really doesn't matter. I, I want to be liked by everybody, like everybody else. But at the end of the day, you know what only matters to me? Did I tell the truth? I love you enough to tell you that he's not going to be a part-time savior. You either have thrown yourself to him We've, we've gone from dying to self to raising our hand. While our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you've given your heart to the Lord, slip your hand up. You see what I'm saying? Okay, let me put another term since this is a relationship. Our heads are bowed and eyes closed. Are you happy to be married to your spouse? Nobody's looking. Just slip your hand up. Every husband and every wife would be going, are they, are they putting their hand up? Without ever asking the question, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Jesus came and gave his all, died for you and I. Not so that we could be Sunday morning Christians, but so that we could have a genuine relationship with him. When you fall down on Monday, he's there. When you're standing tall on Thursday, he's there. When you fail, he's there. When you succeed, he's there. He's there 24-7. It's real that this thing that we call Christmas wasn't God coming to save the whole world. It was God coming to save you. Gail Beth, I'm putting you on the spot, but it, it just came to me, and so it's not me putting you on the spot. There was a time when God personalized that to you. Do you know what I'm talking about? You saw him on the cross and he said something to you. Could you take a moment and share that with us real quick? Do you remember that story well enough? Okay. simply saw Jesus on the cross and he was looking down at me and all the blood running down his face and down his body and um, I had so much guilt and depression and shame from my past but I looked in his eyes and um, in that vision it only lasted maybe 30 seconds, but that 30 seconds changed my life because for the first time I saw love in his 
eyes that he had for me. And he just simply said, Gail Beth, I forgive you. I love you. We all don't need that vision, but we need that truth. Not that he forgave the world, he forgave you. Not that he's the savior of the world, he's my savior. And if that isn't the truth that we hold, none of the else matters. Nothing else matters. Is he your savior? That, that baby in the manger, that beautiful story, is that your baby? For unto you is born. The angel could have said, unto the world, but he didn't. The angel said, unto you, it's personal. Unto you. I'm a believer that if I was the only one that needed saved, Jesus would have come. Not because I'm so worth it, but because he's so good. But he died for me. Unto me. And with, with, without that truth, nothing will matter. None of it matters. All the lights, all the songs, all the plays, all the pageants, all the messages, all the preaching, all the Bible, all the reading, all the praying, all the hoping, all the services, all the worship, all the altar calls, None of it matters if you don't make him Lord of your life. That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.